0: Hey guys and welcome to Goodversations, a collection of honest, deep dive conversations with talented voices in the theatre industry. My name is Alexandra and I'm joined today by Tarek Frimpong. Tarek was born and raised in Australia and he started out in musical theatre at the age of 11 when he joined the Australian cast of The Lion King. Fast forward to now, you might recognize him from 2018's iconic film Mary Poppins Returns, where he played the role of Angus alongside Lin-Manuel Miranda and Emily Blunt. He was also most recently in the Western production of Aladdin, so we talked all about both of these amazing projects, as well as making bold choices. Dealing with performance anxiety, moving across the world to pursue his passion, and so much more. Be sure to follow Tarek on Instagram at Tarek Frimpong and follow Goodversations for more episodes of this show. Here's my conversation with Tarek Frimpong. What was it that got you excited about theater and performing?
1: uh both my parents were actually professional dancers um so from a young age i guess it was i guess it was in my blood so to speak um but from as young as i can remember i remember being in the cot or a pram while my mum was teaching dance classes and i'd be bopping along kind of thing so it was just always in my family um my grandma was a dancer as well actually and that's kind of i guess where it all started for me uh going to dance classes and things like that performing in dance concerts or recitals Um, And then that kind of led to seeing theater shows and things like that. And I was like, this is something, something really cool and something I'd love to do.
0: Amazing. And is dance quite big in Australia?
1: Yeah, I'd I'd say so. it's, It's quite big. I think the arts in general isn't as big in Australia as somewhere like here in the UK but it definitely still exists.
0: And I think you started out as a child actor, right? Yeah. Kind of, you, you were in The Lion King in Melbourne. Yeah. So how easy or difficult was it to balance that? And how do you think that experience sort of set you on this path to become an actor?
1: Absolutely, yeah. I think I think it's almost easier when you're a kid because you don't have all these other kind of external factors in your life, like, how am I going to pay my rent? Or when's the next job coming in? or this is happening or that's happening um i was i think i would have been 11 or 12 years old so i was taking my regular dance classes at my mum's studio um which is where i grew up and started my training Uh, and there was an audition i believe in the newspaper that they were looking for young simbas and young nalas for the original australian production of the lion king um so i auditioned for that and then was lucky enough to to end up with the role of young simba um, which was shared amongst four four boys at the time And that was the most incredible experience. I just got to jump in, jump into the deep end and experience what a fully-fledged, high-profile Disney musical is like. Um, And not just any Disney musical, The Lion King, which is so incredible with the the, the music and the dance and the costumes and the puppets. Um, So that was just the best time ever and I think the best introduction to theater I could possibly have. Because I got to go in kind of with no strings attached, just they, obviously they make it really fun and enjoyable and, and not a high-pressure situation for, for kids um, participating in theatre. So I was like, this is brilliant and this is something I would, I would love to do for the rest of my life.
0: Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. And how was it balancing that with school?
1: Yeah, it wasn't too bad because initially I think we would do two shows a week and then we'd be on standby for two shows a week, but most of those shows were outside of school hours. So I think maybe you'd miss the second half of one day a week for for a matinee situation um and i think i would have been in grade four or grade five at the time um so not too serious uh so so that was yeah easy to balance i guess but then we also got to go to shanghai china with the show
0: amazing um
1: and again just getting to experience traveling internationally for work at such a young age As a kid, you're like, oh, my goodness, this is the best. I'm getting to go to China and get put up in this hotel. And you're in the hotel with a bunch of your friends and just having the best time. So that was amazing. And in terms of balancing school, they had a um, teacher come over with us. And we kind of had eight of us in total that were in this classroom. It was kind of interesting because we were at different age levels, so kind of different um, grades or years at school. Uh, But she helped us through our schoolwork and made sure we stayed up to date with everything like that.
0: That's amazing. They really took care of you. Yeah,
1: definitely, definitely.
0: That's wonderful. And having started out at such a young age, I'm just curious to know, have you dealt with performance anxiety ever?
1: Yeah, I think so. A big thing for me, I guess, because I started in dance, that dance was something I was incredibly uh, comfortable with and incredibly Mm -hmm. confident in. And it's funny, as as a kid or a younger performer, I didn't experience with it nearly as much. I think a lot of these things happen to us when we become older and i guess more aware and let maybe some negative thoughts seep into our mind and and worry more about what other people think of us but then when i started to branch out from well i guess not branch out but push for for other theater work or other singing projects or singing yeah. jobs and things that didn't rely on just my dance mm-hmm. uh i'd start to get a little bit more performance anxiety um but that's something i'm, I'm still working through and feel a lot better with a lot better with now
0: and how do you what are some of the ways you deal with it or redirect your mind
1: yeah for me a lot of it is I guess just instilling confidence in myself in terms of of what I'm going to be producing in a performance yeah so if anything that I'm in control of I like to to work hard at and really knuckle down like if I'm performing a song and I'm going to do it once at I don't know in an audition I want to have done it 500 times beforehand in front of people, in front of family and friends, maybe at a a small performance setting, whatever I can do, film myself and send it to people for tips. Um, Really just try and knuckle down on that uh, so that I know it's in my muscle memory, it's in my blood and I can do it no matter if I feel, oh my God, I'm a little bit short of breath because I'm anxious or my throat feels a little dry, but I know because I've done it so much that it's still going to come out exactly how I'd ideally like it to come out. Um, So that's a big thing for me. I'd say, that, I'd say that's the main thing that I go about, trying to reduce my performance anxiety.
0: I actually recently heard a quote which said, the American dream is free, but the hustle has to be bought separately. Yeah. And I was like, that's such a good quote because, you know, you, you don't really realize, you, you can pursue a career, you can pursue your dream, but you have to put in the work.
1: Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. Especially as a performer, I think a lot of people that maybe aren't in the industry don't realize the amount of work you have to do outside of not only what you do on stage or on set and the rehearsal process for that, but outside of that, in how you're going to creatively go about securing an agent in the first place, or or who you're going to train with or who you're going to train under and how you're going to promote yourself via uh, social media marketing or, or whatever it is and how you're going to what font you're going to use for your CV and if your photo is going to go at the top and how big your photo is and are you going to be your own publicist to start with or or all these different things. Um, That often you have to be creative in the navigation of your career as well as being creative on stage and on set
0: exactly and strategic too that's all absolutely it's all kind of having a plan i guess yeah and and making sure you're on track for that absolutely yeah and talking about that like has there been a moment or an event or a role in Mm -hmm. your life where you can look at it and say this was my life before and this is my life after
1: I guess so. I don't really choose to, I guess, look at my life like that. I like to think of it as one fluid thing. Good things happen, bad things happen, but I'm still the same Tarek. I'm, I'm excited about things and still excited after. Obviously, the role that I had in Mary Poppins Returns, the Disney feature film playing the role of Angus, was a, a leap up and a leap into a world because it was my feature film debut, something that I guess I never really envisioned for myself purely because it seems so far out of out of reach. Theatre seems a lot more accessible and something that I'm like, yeah, I've done a lot of this and could continue to do this, but film always seems like Hollywood seems like this distant, you know what I mean? This this dream that despite the hustle, maybe it's nearly impossible for a boy from Melbourne, Australia. Uh, But landing that role and getting to rub shoulders with the who's who in the industry of of not only theatre, but the theatre film crossover um, was a moment that was like, I guess it did change me in a way because it, it instilled a belief in me that not only is theatre something that I'd be able to further pursue, but film is something that I will definitely be able to pursue, having already made my feature film debut at t- 21 years old when I was filming the project, oh, I believe. You
0: were 21. Yeah, 21, awesome.
1: 22. Awesome. Um, so that, I guess, in a way, did open my eyes and instill a confidence. And I was like, oh, wait, you thought there was only this much, but there's actually... This much, if this is something you're willing to to work hard at and pursue.
0: Let's talk about Mary Poppins Returns, which mm-hmm. was absolutely huge yeah. in 2018. So, and was also your feature film debut. So, yeah. what was that like?
1: That was the most incredible and crazy experience of my entire life. Even the way I I landed the role was. A story that sounds like i'm making it up but i initially auditioned because they were looking for 20 male dancers for one of the numbers in the film which is called "Trip a little light fantastic uh so i went through that audition process over i think three days felt really good about it felt really confident um h- ended up hearing back from the team via my agent that night after the final callback saying they'd like you to come in and read for a role so i was like wow this doesn't happen amazing um so I had to prepare like songs and accents and all sorts of things for, I think it was, I think I had like two days or something, went in and did that, came out, didn't feel as confident with that as I felt in the dance call. I think I heard back a few weeks later, they were like, uh, the good news is that they want you in the film is a dancer. The bad news is, unfortunately, you didn't land the role of Angus. I was like, no worries. I'm ecstatic to be dancing in my first film. That's gonna be amazing. Uh, we started working on the film and started the rehearsal, uh, the rehearsal process because that number was such a gigantic number, this 10-minute all-male physical dance number that we had a, a four-week rehearsal process alone just for that number. Uh, we started the process. I met the guy who did land the role, who was um, a little bit older than me and more experienced in theatre as well as film, as well as TV and things like that, and he was brilliant, super talented, super nice guy. Uh, but I also kind of realized as we're working on the project because of the the great energy that I shared with the team, I think how close I was to landing that role. We had a, right. a very similar look,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: which is something so obviously the aesthetic that they were going for for that character was um, how I looked and very similar to how the guy who had landed the role looked. Um, And I was like, wow, this was really close. If this was a theatre project, I probably would have been the standby or the the first cover or or things like that. And I remember talking about that with my my family back home in Australia over the phone. And then it would have been three weeks into the rehearsal process, maybe four weeks, I got a phone call uh, directly from someone in the team that you would not normally hear from directly. And they were like, unfortunately... uh, the actor playing the role of Angus has injured himself and he's not going to be able to complete the rehearsal or filming process, would you be able to come back in and put down another self-tape mm-hmm. um, and re-audition? So I was like, of, of course I'm going to do that, made myself available the next day, went in, re-auditioned, a few days later found out that I'd landed the role and then was shooting publicity stuff with the likes of Meryl Streep and Lin-Manuel and Emily Blunt and, and all these sorts of things and then Relearned the whole number in a new track as well as the other scenes that this character was a part of. And then a week and a half later probably I was on set and we were filming everything.
0: That's incredible. Yeah,
1: so it was this this real whirlwind experience. This real, I don't even know, sliding doors moments really crazy.
0: Once in a lifetime opportunity.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. It's kind of those moments where I guess... I like to think that because I was incredibly lucky, obviously. But I think luck is when uh, opportunity meets preparation. So kind of what I was talking about before—it's like everything that was in my control, I'd been working hard at, so that when this opportunity did come my way, I was able to to take it with both hands and make the most of most out of it. Uh, and yeah, it's just even thinking about it now, I'm like, oh, wow, it's really—it's really crazy how things turned out.
0: Absolutely, and to add to that, it's also about being kind. Because you said you, yeah. you built that rapport with the the team yeah. and you were you had a great energy with them. Yeah. So I think it's a lot about investing in relationships as well as absolutely, the yeah. work. Absolutely, Awesome. And, and you just mentioned some of the cast as well, which was absolutely magical. You've yeah. got Emily Blunt, Lin-Manuel Miranda, Dick Van Dyke yeah. as well. So what was it like getting to perform alongside these film and theater giants?
1: It was pretty surreal. I think for me, but I only kind of experienced that surrealness post-filming. I think when I was in the project, things were happening so quickly from where I went from being just a dancer to then this role of Angus, and then suddenly I'm in a a green room every day with Lynn and Emily and just us, and we're chatting. I was kind of so focused on doing a great job and being at their level and making sure I was doing what everyone needed of me that I, I never really thought of like, oh my goodness, I'm in the room with these people. It was more like, i want to come across as an equal and right now on this project i am an equal um and i'm i'm glad that i didn't really experience any performance anxiety in that way Mm -hmm. uh as much i think because things were happening so fast and i was just very zoned in on this is what i've got to do regardless of the people around me and the magnitude of the project this is kind of what you've been doing your whole life do it again how you do it because that's why they want you here um so that's really what I focused on at the time. And Lynn and Emily in particular, because i worked with them primarily out of the other actors in the film, was so kind, so kind, so welcoming to me. Uh, they obviously knew it was my feature film debut, so they just made things super easy for me, stress-free, which was so lovely.
0: And what is sort of the difference between them as people and as performers?
1: Yeah, I think something is more so what an, an audience member or a fan builds these people up to be in, in their heads kind of thing. And you're like, oh, my goodness, I, I don't know what I'd do if I, I met so this person or that person kind of thing. Um, but as cliche as it sounds, when they walk in the room, you realize, oh, they're just another human yeah. being. Um, and you can talk to them and sit across and have a conversation about what you're going to do on the weekend and, and how's your family going and how do you like London and things like that. Uh, so that's the biggest thing, I think. It's more about the difference between what we build these, these stars up to be in our heads sometimes. And then it's like, oh, they're just <laughs> like you and me. They're, they're, they're great people and lovely to be around, yeah.
0: What are some of your fondest memories from this project?
1: I think the day that I found out that I had secured the role of Angus, which is something that was an incredible moment that I'll never forget because I'd been called in to, to re-audition. And then after that, they asked if I could come in the next day for a, a publicity shoot, but I wasn't sure if I was just coming to kind of be maybe in the background as one of the dancers or to be in this role kind of thing. So I was, I was waiting for this this photo shoot to take place in, in the green room reading my book and people are walking past and I'm like, oh my goodness, that was Meryl Streep. This is insane. Uh, and then the team came up to me, the choreographers, the director, the producer, and they said, congratulations, you've, you've, you've landed the role of Angus. And I remember feeling overwhelmed with emotion and being incredibly grateful and hugging everyone and then running to the toilet to call my mum back home in oh, australia cute. um and i don't know what the time difference was but she must have had a, a mother's intuition and, and stayed up so that i could make that phone call uh and i got to share that moment with her over the phone which was yeah a really a really special moment
0: and i'm guessing she's very supportive of you
1: absolutely she was my first dance teacher um, she's yeah, been in, in the arts her whole life as well so she, she really understands it and understands the process of auditioning and the highs and lows and the struggle and everything so it's, it's really great that I get to share the wins with her as well and she's, she celebrates them as much as I do um, so that was an incredible moment to be honest <laughs> every day on that, on that project and that job was incredible and insane um, to be dancing this brilliant choreography this incredible team of dancers on this incredible set which was the abandoned park to to music that was created specifically for that there was something super exciting about that and on on shoot days the energy was palpable there was something electric in the air that i think rob marshall as the director really curated in such a amazing way it just made you want to be at your best and do your best for the greater good of the film
0: absolutely and how long were these shoot days
1: Oof. (laughs) Quite long. Uh, So I was lucky enough to get picked up by a driver each morning kind of thing and then dropped home and I could be getting picked up as early as 4 a.m. Wow. Uh, Some mornings, yeah. You could kind of finish whenever everyone's happy with what work's been done that day, but I guess you could go to... I think, I would say, after, yeah, it would be later than 6pm, maybe 7pm, it just kind of varied day to day. It's
0: a very physical thing as well, you yeah. know, having to dance for eight hours at a time.
1: Yeah, that was, that was, yeah, definitely an incredibly hard component to it. It was kind of good in a way because I got to do that scene first, which was the most physically demanding. Um, and like you said, the repetition of film is something that's incredibly difficult because you're doing it over and over and over again but that might be the take they use for the film, or that might be the shot they're using. So each time you do it, has to be as strong and as excitable and as in it as the time before, um, which is incredibly demanding.
0: I guess what was something that you learned about yourself, either professionally or personally, having done this project?
1: I think something that I learned about myself. I, I don't. There's this saying that I really like, and I can't remember it exactly right now, but it's like. I I do things that I've never done in order to learn, so it's it's something along. I'm definitely paraphrasing there, but um, I didn't have any straight acting experience or training, so to speak, prior to to doing this film. I'd only ever like done theatre or, or 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 dance and and singing and things like that, but I'd never had acting training or any screen work really prior to that. So suddenly to be then this is happening and today we're shooting your scene, climbing Big Ben with Lin-Manuel Miranda and this is what's happening in the scene and blah, blah, blah. There are moments when you're sitting in your trailer and you you do have that performance anxiety. um, And it's kind of, a lot of actors have talked about it actually, but there's a, a name for it when it's like you think imposter syndrome is what it is. And you think they've made a mistake. I'm not meant to be here this isn't this is an error I'm not ready I, I can't do this um I love that I'm sitting here grabbing the chair <laughs> at the time as we do this because that's how I felt
0: reenacting
1: yeah and the trailer you do really have those moments especially when you're by yourself in the trailer mm-hmm. and there's no one is no one else is around uh, so those moments were occurring but I guess I what it showed me was that I do have this inner strength and this inner resilience and that I am capable. I am capable of whatever I believe I am capable of and whatever I put my mind to. Um, and as I've done quite often in my life, I do the things that I've, I've never done before in order to learn. So I, you have to jump in that deep end. You have, to, you have to yeah, jump in the deep end in order to learn new things. So that's what I learned from, from that project, definitely.
0: You know, having been part of such an iconic film that people will, no doubt, watch a hundred years from now uh, because disney just seems to create these amazing cult classics Mm -hmm. um i'm curious to know which movie can you watch over and over again without ever getting bored
1: i think would have to be the lion king for me yeah i think i could just watch that again and again and again and again probably partially because of the connection i have with it from it being my first professional project as well as it just being an incredible, incredible, incredible film. I love the the new live-action remake that came out this year. Mm -hmm. Um, And I could, yet just watch that again and again.
0: What do you think is more important, talent or ambition?
1: I think uh, it's probably... I'd say it's a combination of the both, but if, if I had to pick one, I'd pick ambition over talent, yeah. I just know that if you keep chopping away, if you keep working harder then Everyone and anyone else, no matter how talented someone else is, you will keep taking steps forward. Yeah. Um, and that's all it, all it is. It's, I don't know there's another saying that I really like, even mountains are climbed one foot in front of the other. And as long as you keep trudging forward, taking a step forward, working hard, um, that's the key for me.
0: Amazing. And actually, on a similar note, when was the last time that you really challenged yourself, either creatively or personally or professionally?
1: Yeah. I think, I hope that there's been other times since this, but one big thing was moving back to the UK, which I did eight months ago. Uh, so the beginning of April, the end of March this year, I'd obviously spent about a year and a half, almost two years in the UK. I then moved back to Australia because my visa had finished at the time and I hadn't been back for almost two years. So I just wanted to spend some time there. As I was, When I was back there, I was lucky enough that, that work came my way and I felt really happy being back around family and friends over there so i decided to stay and i was lucky enough that the work kind of kept coming in so i ended up staying there for a year and then it got to the point where i there was still more work coming my way and i had to decide if i I wanted to remain in oz but i know for me there there's there are greater projects over here there's a greater number of projects and some more exciting and bigger projects which is the direction i really want to take my career so i knew i had to to make the leap and say no to work back home which can be incredibly scary as a performer because when you're saying no to a job you don't know when the next one might be coming in especially when you're flying 24 hours to the other side of the world to pursue that Um, which I'd already done once and I'd I'd made that leap once and I think the first time this kind of been a running thing with this interview but I think when you're at least for me when I was younger I'm still young but when anyone's younger I think you're you have less fear regarding things and you're able to just climb that tree or you're able to I don't know jump into the pool off that rock Um, and I kind of had that the first time I moved to London never having been to Europe before and not knowing anyone and I was just like this is where I have to be to pursue my career so I'm gonna go and do it and I did that but the second time it was a little bit harder because I'd experienced the highs and lows I perhaps had something to lose now Mm -hmm. I I didn't want to I don't know embarrass myself and all these more adult like thoughts that that sneak into your head um but I was I was able to, to push through that and, and make that leap of faith again and, and come back to the UK, which I'm so grateful and glad that I did.
0: Amazing. And I'm happy that you came back. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Um actually it's something I identify with as well because I did mention I moved across to UK five yeah. years ago. I didn't know anyone here either. I'd never been to the UK. Yeah. And but I think I was eighteen, maybe nineteen at the time. I was kinda like, you know what? Like I'll figure it out absolutely I'll, yeah. I'll just come to uni obviously I had that security of coming to study here yeah. so I would have people around mm-hmm. me and I would have accommodation for example yeah but that you still had to pay for and keep yeah. paying for. So I was kind of like, I'll just find a part-time job. I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll do whatever I have to do when I get here. Yeah. If I had to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> and knowing like what I had to go through and like the different things, I feel like that's exactly what you said. Absolutely. S- would I do it again? Mm, Absolutely. It would be much more difficult.
1: So many people me. have asked me because all my friends and people back home in Oz, they're like, oh, you're going to go back to London. Great. It's like, it's going to be easy. You've done it before. You know what I mean? You know, people over there, but... To be honest, it was more difficult the second time, far more difficult, far more psychologically daunting, because you know what to expect.
0: And I guess, what's your relationship with creativity?
1: My relationship with creativity? Um,
0: Are you a creator or interpreter?
1: I'd say I'm a creator, I'm a, I'm a storyteller. Um, I think first and foremost, whether it's through dance or through song or through acting, I love the idea of conveying a story or telling a story. Um, and I also love creating those stories. Um, I like to, I don't know, I guess to help saying even when you're working on projects, when you're doing the same thing over and over and over again, whether it's on a show or on set every day, I think it's so great to have your own creative projects using the things you love, dance, acting, singing, but working those on the side. So I love like playing my guitar or singing little covers to like songs that I like, but I'll, when I'm singing songs, I'll always in the second verse change the second verse and write my own second verse in the form of spoken word or a rap or things like that or whether i'm making up my own choreography or or dance pieces and things like that um i'm always kind of i have a little notebook that i carry around and i'm kind of just squiggling in whether i'm writing ideas or writing mini scripts out or things like that i think that keeps me sane um when maybe things aren't going well and I'm, I'm not working or when things are going well and you're working but you can also start to lose your sanity because of the repetition yeah of things yeah
0: awesome a teacher once told me that you have to your most productive years in terms of creativity is between 20 and 25 really so every idea that you get between that time you should always write down yeah because then when you proceed and you're like I don't know 27 30 you can then contextualize those and put them into action okay like that's the most kind of the time where you should be
1: absolutely just
0: thinking of ideas and just okay
1: yeah i like that yeah Um, again i think that's linked to this running thing that as we get older we kind of i don't know put these hard shells on and are like okay now i need to do this and i can only act in this way but it's like something i pride myself on and i think i do well is keep my inner child alive and i i take leaps and i am creative and i'll do this and i'll dance in the middle of the street and do crazy things like that and Very i think that's brave. so important yeah i think that's key
0: amazing and do you think young people should create their own opportunities when it comes to like making it in the business
1: um absolutely i think if that's something you enjoy doing and you are a creator as opposed to just an interpreter 100 percent, because it's 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 only beneficial even if it is to not lead to anywhere and you Writing the next big musical, or you know what I mean, the next big film, or it can only benefit you because it's you being creative, it's you flexing those muscles, it's you getting to act and sing and dance as if you were rehearsing or practicing. Um, often when you are creative like that, it l- tends to lead to collaboration yeah. um so when I'm like messing around with different singing things, people will sometimes reach out on Instagram and be like, "Oh, we should catch up and jam together, and I recently did that with someone, which was super fun and super exciting if you're writing your own kind of short film then eventually you're going to be like okay well if i was to get some other actors in to play these roles who could i reach out to or would i get a director of photography in or a videographer and things like that uh so i think there's only ever benefits to creating your own work and while maybe that's not paying you and therefore not considered work creating your own Pieces of art, creating your own stories, creating your own enjoyment, creating your own experiences with other people that involve art. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Awesome. And you know, if we put some 2020 aspirations out there, okay. What's like a project you wouldn't be able to say no to?
1: A project that I wouldn't be able to say no to. I'm I'm sure there's a number of them. Uh, I think for me, Hamilton is a, a dream show, an absolute dream show. I think. I know I will do it one day in my lifetime and I'm, I'm excited for when that opportunity comes my way. Um, so if that was to come my way in any country in the world, I'd jump on a plane tomorrow and, and make that happen. Uh, so I guess that's a I don't know. I tend to try and stick clear of aspirations with time limits. Yeah. Because, uh, I don't know, that's just how I work and that freak. I know some people are like, I want to do this by 25 and then maybe if they don't do it, they feel like they've failed. And I'm like no like i don't know i don't like thinking like that i'm like i know i'm gonna do this show in my lifetime but at the same time i don't let the fact that my lifetime is the the time length make me inactive i'm still incredibly active and it's almost like i'm i'm being patient in the long term in the macro but in the micro I'm extremely impatient and I work so hard as if I'm trying to make it happen tomorrow.
0: What's like the funniest thing that's happened to you on stage that really wasn't supposed to?
1: So I was I was recently in Aladdin on the West End here since moving back um, and it was like kind of the final cast before it closed on the West End and a few of us joined um, so we had a bunch of producers and important people in to watch our first show with a, with a live audience. Um, and there's a big uh, Tap number at the end of friend like me we're all in gold um sparkly with hats and we have these canes and tap shoes and we're we're doing the tap number and i'm with the front of this line on the left hand side starting at like number two on the stage almost in the center and we start peeling out so we're moving to the left and swinging our canes around to the left and i'm so excited and going so full out with so much energy with sweaty hands because i'm dancing so hard that i went i swung my hand around and my cane flew out of my hand and into the audience and this is my first my first show with the cast the producer and everyone's in but the entire dance is choreographed around having a cane so i had a split decision a split second decision to make and i had to then complete the rest of the dance miming as if i had a cane in my hands but being at the front of the stage, so everyone in the audience, one, saw it shoot out of my hand. I saw the lady in the front row pick it up and be like, look. Um, and that was just, the yeah, a really funny, funny experience.
0: Oh, goodness. Yeah. I-, I can imagine how mortified you must have felt. Yeah.
1: It just happens so quickly, though. You don't, almost, you don't have time to freak out about it there is that moment of i didn't know if i was going to try and jump into the audience and grab it but i was like Mm. no of course not and you just keep going
0: but i guess at least it makes for a good story right absolutely Um, and lastly where do you hope to be a year from now on this day
1: as we were saying just before i think one year prior to this i was in la at the world premiere for mary poppins returns at the dolby theater which was um, a a crazy mind-blowing moment so then to be back here in london one year later is also amazing and in one year's time i just hope i'm i feel really happy today and i'm Mm -hmm. hope i'm i'm hope i'm equally as happy one year one year from now wherever that may be i'm open to being anywhere in the world i wouldn't be against being back in australia or being here in london or i know i want to live a period of my life in america so if i was living in america in a year's time i'd be happy with that as well but I hope I just feel as excitable and as, as happy and as ambitious as I do right now.
0: Amazing. Yeah. Um, and now we're on to random section, okay. which is questions that have nothing to do with anything. Just a nice way to finish the conversation. Lovely. So which three songs would you choose for your mixtape?
1: Something Australian. There's, a, there's an, an artist from Australia in Melbourne called Ben Abraham. Um, who's been really well at the moment. He's actually like a singer-songwriter and wrote some of the songs that are on uh, Ben Platt's latest album. Really? Funnily enough, Amazing. yeah. Um, but he has a song that he wrote a long time ago, kind of before he got big called To Love Someone. Um, and it's just here, the original was just him on his piano, the demo. Um, and it's such a beautiful song. So I guess if I could put that on my mixtape, I'd love to use that. I think probably something Michael Jackson related because in terms of his music... When I hear that and I think that Smooth Criminal was made in 1988, I'm like, how is it so fresh and so relevant and so exciting right now? Mm -hmm. The third song would be an original. The third song would be something that I, I write myself, maybe something a bit more of a spoken word kind of piece.
0: Your own little twist. Yeah. Awesome. And favorite place in London?
1: Everywhere is exciting for me in London still. I love Camden, like I said. I love Shoreditch. I think that's a really cool area as well, kind of like a
0: chilled vibe. Yeah, like.
1: chilled, creative, kind of energy seems to be happening there, which I really like. I think I don't know. I love coming into like Soho and things like that, and the theatre district is always something exciting, especially because we don't really have that in Australia. We don't have the equivalent of the West End. You know what I mean? Yeah. Our theatres are so spread out that it's you couldn't really go for a, a twenty five minute walk and see so many theatres and so many different shows.
0: What old person things do you do?
1: I recently bought one of those, um, you know when you do your grocery shopping and they like an an old man or an old woman's trolley that they then put all their bags in and they do that so you'll see me walking down to my local iceland and then wheeling this little trolley back to my house with my groceries you
0: know what? i really want to invest in one of those because i think it's so practical so
1: good and that's it i bought it i'm quite a spontaneous person but i'd done my grocery shopping and i had so many bags and i was like how am i going to carry all these home and next door there was one that was 12 pounds and i was like You know what I'm gonna do it and I got one put it all in and wheeled it home and
0: best investment ever yeah Yeah.
1: absolutely it's great it's a lovely color of blue it's (laughs) it's amazing I am I really like it and a lot of people I think I posted about it on my Instagram a lot of my friends back home were like oh that's such an old man thing Um, but yeah that's that's probably the something I can think of yeah (laughs) yeah
0: so who do you define as a visionary
1: A visionary um, I guess linked to everything we've been saying, like I'd say Lin-Manuel Miranda is a bit of a visionary in the way that he's been able to to change what musical theatre is in the way that he's fused elements of hip-hop and brought that together and fused that with uh, more typical standard music theatre, I think is mind-blowing and something that is very obviously being <laughs> appreciated and applauded by many many people
0: awesome and lastly in the spirit of thanksgiving because that was yesterday yeah. in america what are you grateful for today
1: Whew! um it's funny because when i wake up every morning as soon as i open my eyes that's the first thing i do i try and just almost like a stream of consciousness thing try and list as many things i can think of that i'm grateful for and sometimes it'll be one thing or sometimes i will sit there maybe for 10 minutes and list as many things mm-hmm. as i can in 10 minutes um, i'm thankful for i'm thankful for my family and my my upbringing and this the support they give me um, especially even on the other side of the world i know that everyone's only a phone call away and and they'll they'll always be there for me and love me unconditionally which is i don't know a really nice a nice thing to have i'm thankful for the fact that i i live in london i'm thankful for the ability to pursue a career in the arts um, I'm thankful to be in here doing this interview today and to, to have met you. I'm thankful for I don't know so so many things.
0: Well, I'm thankful that I met you as well. Thank you so much for joining me no on the podcast. Problem.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: If you enjoyed this episode, then please consider giving us a rate and review. This would help me tremendously in reaching more theater fans and also getting more guests on this show. And I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode. You know, I'm always just one message away on Instagram and you can find me at goodversations. So let's get to know each other. My hope is to create content that you guys would like to hear. So drop me a line and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Thank you again so much for listening and I'll talk to you again next Monday.